0: Hello, I'm Letitia McClough.
1: And I'm Andrew O'Brien.
0: And you're listening to The the Virgin Virgin Gardener Gardener Podcast. (laughs) And Welcome to episode three of the Virgin Gardener podcast, the podcast for people who love gardens and plants. Be you a seasoned old hand with green fingers and thumbs or an aspiring newbie with a windowsill, a balcony or a new garden in need of some love, you are so welcome to our virtual gardener's bothy.
1: So stick the kettle on, (laughs) grab a cup of tea and settle yourself down at the table while we bring you gardening chat with some practical tips and tricks thrown in. All to help you make your garden gorgeous.
0: Yes, we like to mix things up a bit at Virgin Gardener Podcast HQ, so today's episode is mostly the two of us just rabbiting on. Isn't that right, Andrew? Andrew? Where's he got to? So I've just popped
1: out to the greenhouse. First things first, let me say that if you want a beautiful garden, you absolutely do not need a greenhouse. But it does really help to have somewhere, particularly at this time of year when it's still quite cold at night, somewhere that's in between the warmth of the house and the more exposed conditions of the garden where tender plants and seedlings can gently acclimatise to cooler temperatures without going into shock. You'll hear gardeners referring to this process as hardening off and it's often done in a thing called a cold frame, which traditionally was a low wooden structure with a hinged glass lid which lets the light in. But now you'll often see these kind of green metal framed mini greenhouse things that you can buy online and at garden centres which are great if you've got limited space Um, and there's even slightly posher wooden ones which do exactly the same thing only they don't blow away quite so often any of these will do just as well at this time of year as i say not strictly necessary but if you've got any outdoor space they're not a bad investment and they just give you a little bit more flexibility with your plants But an unheated conservatory will do, and you can even recreate most of the conditions on a windowsill. But if you're anything like me, you'll soon find that when the plant bug bites, you'll fill all of your available space with, well, plants. Which is all very well when you're sowing a few seed trays in the house, but sooner or later you're going to need to pot those little seedlings on into larger pots, and then what are you going to do for space? And now that the temperatures are beginning to stay reliably over about 5 degrees centigrade, you'll want to think about moving any tender plants that you brought into the house to overwinter back out into a protected space so that they can prepare themselves for life outdoors. I'm doing this with my collection of pelargoniums. They've all grown a bit tall and lanky over winter because they've been stretching towards the available light. So I'm giving them a bit of TLC, some fresh compost, a little feed to give them the best start for the year ahead. It also means I can keep an eye on my sweet pea seedlings while I'm out here in the greenhouse... Give everything a water and check that the mice and the slugs haven't been too active. Let's just give a bit of water to this here.
0: Well, you did a really good step-by-step of that on your Instagram stories, didn't you, the weekend? Oh, yeah, that's right. I've been taking a leaf out of
1: your book with your excellent five-minute gardening tips because Instagram's perfect for that kind of thing, isn't it? It's still there. It's saved on my profile page. I think that's what you call it. Um, so if you just <laughs> go to um, at Andrew Timothy OB on Instagram, and uh, you're um, at Letitia McClough on Instagram as well for your
0: that's right. <laughs> and
1: it's just a video of me um, wrestling a, a scented leaf species pelargonium called Pelargonium Fragrance.
0: And very lovely it is too. I recommend anyone to go and go and have a look at that. Go and have a gorp <laughs> now. So I. <laughs> I just love pelargoniums, and you know this, Andrew. Yeah. Um, and Me in too. fact, our next episode, we're really excited because we're going to be chatting to Heather Goddard-Key from Fibrex Nurseries, and they hold the national collection of pelargoniums, and we're going to be able to really plumb her depths for the lowdown on how to get the very best from your plants, which varieties make the best house plants, which are better for hanging baskets and containers, and also how, just how to look after them all year round. And in fact, Andrew, you are not always entirely successful for well, am i right in getting them to survive the winter um, in the house uh, not entirely <laughs> uh, in fact i seem to remember reading on your blog that you've got a bit of a history for um for bumping off house plants as well is that right
1: yeah guilty as charged i think i'm one of those gardeners who's happy to confess that while i kind of know what i'm doing outside in the garden um i find gardening indoors much more of a challenge but I'm getting better, I think, this last year. And one of the things that's been a great help over the last year has been Jane Perrone's On The Ledge podcast.
0: It is very good, isn't it? It's a really proper grown-up podcast. Um, do you think we're going to be that good one day, Andrew?
1: Well, I hope so. Good, but not grown-up.
0: <laughs> I think we're, we're definitely still hoping to get Jane on here, aren't we? Absolutely. But until then, here is a word or two from the lady herself. Take it away, Jane. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jane Perrone and I'm the host of a podcast called On The Ledge. If you've ever wondered where you've gone wrong with that spider plant that's turning yellow or despaired over your dead Venus flytrap, then this is where my podcast comes in because On The Ledge is all about houseplants, indoor gardening, how you can keep your plants alive inside I've been obsessed with houseplants since I was a little kid, but there's still loads for me to learn. So come along and learn with me. I talk to the experts, help to answer your houseplant problems and struggle over Latin names. On the Ledge is available on all good pod apps and you can check out my website at janeperone.com.
1: Excellent stuff. I really recommend subscribing to that. And it's also a timely reminder, too, for anyone with houseplants this week, because as the temperatures are going up, things that may have been lying dormant may be starting to wake up. Well, actually, they will be starting to wake up, and we don't just mean your plants. Um, Last week alone, uh, in my house, I spotted whitefly on a pelargonium and mealybugs on my Aspidistra.
0: Shocking, isn't it? How did you get rid of those, Andrew? Well,
1: the whitefly, I just chopped off the infested leaves, gave the plants a good soak and a spray with an organic pesticide spray, um, and then made sure they were well potted up and watered and fed with uh, seaweed extract, um, which just gets mixed into the watering can along with the water. Because um, I think what had happened is I hadn't realised or I hadn't caught up with how much warmer it was getting in the house and mm. consequently I hadn't really sort of upped my watering regime uh, to account for that. So the plants got a bit stressed and thirsty and that's when they get vulnerable to pests and diseases. That, mm, mm. And I think probably the same thing happened for the Aspidistra which is it's called a cast iron plant because you really doesn't really doesn't need much care um not in my case yeah exactly um and i looked at it the other day and there were all these white dots all over it and i thought oh dear um i've managed all that because i've have killed spider plants before which are supposed to be indestructible and uh i've <laughs> nearly killed a, a plant that none of the victorians managed to kill um so i wiped wipe that over with soapy water and um I don't really want to pull any leaves off that because they're really slow-growing. But anyway, what about you, mm. issue? You had um, an unwelcome guest or two in your plants
0: this week, <laughs> didn't you? And not just in my plants, Andrew. Uh, in my bed. Ah, okay. Yes. I. Uh, it's so sexy. I'm great <laughs> for it, Dying. Wait for it. I woke up with a vine weevil. On my pillow. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Did you think your husband uh, had yeah, been transformed it, it, it was. It f- was <laughs> fully disgusting. Um, I, I still, you know, when you do one of those little inward shivers oh, every time you think about something, um, that's what happens. And um, I, I, I pretty much knew it was a vine, vine weevil, but um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of. I slightly hoped that it wasn't. You know, there was there was a sort of little little glimmer of hope in my yeah. in my in the in the depths of my soul, like it wasn't. In
1: disguise. <laughs> yes,
0: so I took a picture of it. <laughs> this <laughs> I took a picture of it, and I I posted the picture on my stories on Instagram, saying um, uh,
1: anyone know? <laughs> <And> Five hundred <laughs> people came back this? and said, "Vine weevil." <laughs>
0: So, yeah, so that that happened. And, you know, I'm over it now. Um, and, and what I'm doing, of course, which is, you know, what what one should do if, if you see a vine weevil <laughs> is to take all your all your potted plants out of their mm. pots and have a really, really good look um, and repot them in the pro- process. It's because it's not because actually the adults right that now, do
1: the damage, is it?
0: No, it's their horrible, disgusting yucky little babies a bit like mine but they're just they they kill the roots they kill the roots of your of your life and they know it's one person messaged me and just said they know which ones are my favorite she said she sounded so desperate um it's like they know they just know which ones you love the most and and it is slightly true so um uh nemesis you get one word nemesis yes Talk to me about nemesis because I'm about to use it. I've only used it once before. I haven't had vine weevil for a long time. Well, this is a biological so-
1: control, again, a bit like the one we were speaking about for slugs uh, back in episode one, I think. I think it's the same people mm. that make it. Um, mm. And it probably does something similarly revolting to the poor vine weevil, but it doesn't harm anything else. So it's a, it's a yeah. preparation that you mix up with water again and water onto your plants and give the roots a good soak.
0: Yeah, and I think the main thing with it, isn't it? You really do have to follow the instructions. It's temperature, it's very temperature sensitive, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Apparently. uh,
1: Full disclosure here, I've never actually used it. I should do. Um, But the main thing is if you're um, just because you don't wake up with a vine weevil on your pillow, don't think you've escaped. (laughs) Because spring is the time you really want to be checking all of your pots, as you said, inside and outside as well. These things, Mm. um, not just vine weevil, but basically, be vigilant at this time of year, and just give everything that you're growing um, in a pot a a good look over.
0: Very good advice, Um, and a repot because Mm. this is this is. I mean, I've just finished repotting two uh, very very pot bound uh, little um, well, little standard lilacs, and they're Ah. so pretty, and they do the most lovely lovely thing. Um, But I've noticed that their performance has been, what should we call it, waning (laughs) the past few years. Do you want to just explain what a standard is? Oh, yeah. So a standard is a lollipop, basically. And you can get a full standard or a half standard. These are half standards. So they're about the the height of a, I don't know, a an Mm eight-year-old so a long straight
1: stem with no branches coming off it and then a pom-pom on the top
0: that's right it's trained so they've cut off all the branches on the main stem Mm. and they've just made it branch out at the top and they're lovely things either to put in pots to make the smart little lollipop thing Mm. on your terrace or or indeed to put in your border to give some height to your border but not to cast too much shade i love them i use them a lot
1: and it's, it's not just mm. lilac as it is, um, well, actually lots no. of different things can be done. At bay trees, they do it to a lot, don't they?
0: Yeah, pretty much anything, mm. you know, can be made into a standard and you can buy them and it's sort of instant loveliness, really. Yeah. Um, I adore them. So
1: uh, it wasn't a straightforward process for you, was it?
0: No, I had to I had to lever this thing out and then it was... Oh, I felt so guilty when I looked at it. You know something is pot bound because it uh, it just... The roots are going round and round and round, desperately searching for, for something. Um, so what I did was I, I actually chopped a few of them off... Um, Um, And the reason that I did that um, was I just sort of shaved a few off, basically. And the reason for that was to stimulate more root growth, um, because the idea is that if you just leave them alone and then put them into more soil, they did just they're so used to going round and round and round Mm -hmm. that they they keep doing that. I don't know if that's true or not. Do you know, Andrew? Well,
1: I certainly know that as with the top part of the plant, the above ground plant, with the, the same function happens with, or the same principle happens with the roots, um, and it's counterintuitive, which is mm. if you snip the growing tips off, instead of curtailing it, it starts to branch out lower down, um, or higher up in the case of the roots, because you're going back to the, mm. the, the the central point. So it will certainly promote new growth, and that growth will seek out and it would be freer to seek out in the free areas of the larger pot that you put it in. So it won't continue spinning around. Yeah, I think circle.
0: so. Yeah, it feels it feels intuitively, it feels right. Mm. And a lot of the things I do in gardening are, are Pretty intuitive oh, yes. that nobody tells me to do it. So I did that, I cu- I chopped them a bit and I also rubbed. I I, I did some did some vigorous rubbing <laughs> of this but this root ball. <laughs> that, that warmed you up if nothing else. Yeah. Yes, you should have seen me. And then um and then I put it into and it's a lovely feeling. Oh. It's a lovely feeling repotting into new com- i oh, recommend great, it. it repot into new compost um in a new pot and you just feel like the the mother that you ought to have been
1: yeah, you feel like a proper gardener then don't you
0: you feel vindicated, mm. and you feel the guilt is gone. The guilt is gone. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. The guilt
1: is gone. Did you put a little bit of top dressing over the top, some some gravel or something like that? Because that, uh, that's the real thing. Not yet. Finish,
0: so, you know. I am. I'm ruminating ah. on um, on planting a few little plugs ah, around there. Okay. But I we 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 shall see what we shall yeah. see. But yes, top dressing will happen. Yeah. At some not point. Not
1: absolutely necessary, but it looks nice, and it does have some function you know, that it keeps the moisture in. You know, on hotter on warmer days, and keeps the weeds it down is a, as well.
0: It's a jolly good idea, yeah, good. and in fact, I top dressed something. I made an alpine trough uh, oh, earlier th- last that week, was gorgeous. and. I love that and that is actually on my newsletter you can get it from the archive of my newsletter and it's so so easy there's a how to mm-hmm. um, with pictures on how to do that and um, it's one of the most lovely things you can do for yourself or anybody else in fact whenever anyone gets married which is less and less these days mm. as I get older and older but I'm sure there's going to be divorces and new marriages Would you, you give of, it
1: to people I, when they got divorced? I suppose they might need cheering <laughs> up or celebrating yes.
0: yes It'll do or as I'd well offer, then i or I'd offer to divide the one i gave to them when they got married oh that's a cunning plan this is a new service there um so yes i loved doing that and that's such an easy thing to do um just wide shallow pot or indeed a proper alpine trough get some really good gritty compost and some sort of shards of you know either terracotta or bits of slate and just shove it all in there with a few cents so um, these shards i've got
1: to say because a lot of people are used to putting crocs in the bottom of their pots which apparently you're not supposed to do anymore tip word to the wise (laughs) um but um, i
0: have to say can i just say i have never used crocs Ah. i never have except for uh, um very very you know alpine Uh, well you were obviously
1: ahead of the game because you're not supposed to now but for people who've been used to it they're used to sort of shoving those at the bottom of the pot but that's not what you do. Did here did you you put them sort of upended so that they sort of stuck out almost like little mini walls in a landscape like little mini dry yes. walls it was fantastic it's like a, a little well it is like a landscape people need yes, to go to your supposed- website which is <laughs> com. find that newsletter and look at the pictures because it's beautiful
0: alpine scree is the vibe we are oh, after darling yeah, alpine, alpine scree. scree look it up
1: yeah well i've been dealing with my um, complicated relationship with daffodils because, as you know, I'm not madly keen on yellow in the garden at this time of year.
0: You are such a snob. I know. Well,
1: you? I don't know. I would like it in summer, and someone pointed mm-hmm. out to me that it might be something to do with the light different in summer, And that, but I'm not sure that's true because there are some yellows I like. Like, I like a Forsythia. I don't mind um uh, lesser celandine. Uh,
0: you like a Forsythia. Honestly, I, it reminds me of... Um of of ben dark his brilliant podcast which everyone also must listen to it's called the gardening log uh and uh and he did the funniest thing on forsythia which basically said you must look at some forsythia right now because it's out there doing its thing and the rest of the year just lo- goes back to looking shit yeah <laughs> it's
1: rubbish for the rest of the year which is all very well so that means you don't want to chop off the year the growth in the end of summer otherwise you won't have any flowers the next year but the annoying thing about Forsythia is it grows like a mad banshee like Mm. it just it's a a particularly untidy plant unless you give it enough space and no
0: I just don't I don't think we should give any space to it on the podcast let's get back to daffodils okay okay. (laughs) (laughs) because
1: well see I don't think you should give daffodils any space. Okay,
0: but, talk to us about why. Why. Why.
1: Um, well, mainly because I just don't like them. I think they look like garage forecourt sort of, you know, Lego flowers, basically. Um, at least that is what I used to think until um, I read an article by uh, Miranda Janatka, who is at Q, and she was writing mm. for the um, Hardy Plant Society blog, and um, mm. and that had cause daffodils and narcissi. Um, And she was going through a lot of the narcissus family, and there are some absolutely beautiful, exquisite ones. My favourite one has always been one that hasn't got any yellow in it at all. It's called Thalia, or
0: it's so pretty, Thalia, depending
1: on how you want to pronounce it, or Talia. There's a million and one ways to pronounce it, Um, Mm. but it's it's actually a two-headed daffodil. Um, and it's pure white, absolutely beautiful, and, and it's very graceful as well. It's kind of petals fold back a bit. But I, you know, I know it's ridiculous not to like yellow in the garden at a particular time of year. So I've been kind of going through aversion therapy and making myself, which is <laughs> which is why my Instagram feed is full of yellow daffodils. I'm sitting
0: there staring. Well at it. done, Andrew. Yeah. You're getting through your anti-yellowness. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I love daffodils. I have to say, I don't have many in my garden. I don't have any in my garden. I do oh, have no pots, though. <laughs> I... <laughs> but that's for different reasons. Okay. It's not because I dislike them. It's because it's just for... It's for reasons of an edited palette. Oh, okay. I refer you back to James Alexander Sinclair on that Oh, OK. One. That's, that
1: does sound almost as bad as me, but for, with slightly yeah, better reasons.
0: It's, ju- it's, it's just been spun a different way, darling. Yeah, absolutely. It's just... <laughs> I know, you've been
1: working on this. Now, at this time of year, when the daffodils are going over... You will find some people who insist on going out and tying elastic bands around them, folding them over and tying elastic bands around the end. Um, have you that seen sounds this? Sounds
0: incredibly strange. It, um, I seem to remember people's grandparents doing yeah, that. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. When well.
1: do you ever see a flower in nature bending itself over and getting something to wind something around the top of it? It's just not necessary. Um, no. Uh, so yeah, don't do that. In fact, it's only not only not necessary, but it's not particularly good for it so you just want to leave it as it is um if you really want to help it and if you've got lots of daffodils these are too time consuming you can pull the top off before it goes has a chance to go to seed because going to seed is one of the most tiring things for a plant then for a bulb that's right
0: i was actually thinking um uh I, I was reminded of that uh today when i went out in the garden my tulips are just really about to burst open and um what i do is uh, it's possibly horrible but I just I like to pick all my tulips ah. and put them in a the vase in the in the house before they get opened fully it's and the, and the, re, the the way I justify that is uh, so that the bulbs can replenish themselves yeah as so long as you leave
1: the leaves there it's the leaves that're going to do the work I mean I'm rubbish I'm've got a garden full of flowers which look beautiful and I can never bring myself to cut any of them. Um, So really, I need a cutting patch where I, you know, maybe with tulips that I've had in pots the year before or something. Yes, possibly. uh, I just feel
0: like at this time of year, we're maybe not out in full force in the garden enough Mm -hmm. to... well you are because you're always out there but um yeah in I garden. don't feel in, like... a,
1: in other people's <laughs> gardens my garden looks like a bombsite there you go yeah. um, what's it called so, uh, Taylor's britches <laughs> <laughs> so exactly cobbler's children Um so what I was uh, your amelanchier trees which you planted you got three <gasps> new ones didn't you and you've only just planted them and they've just
0: blossomed is this right they have burst open and it is just the most glorious sight Um I, I would invite you all all, all three of you listening to come to come and to come and see, <laughs> including us, <laughs> we can have a podcast tea party. Yay. Andrew, myself, and my mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, no, they are absolutely beautiful. We are not quite sure what variety we're talking about. Um, a bit different from mine. I, Two
1: of them are very similar, I, aren't they? Canadensis and Lamarchei.
0: That's right. But I'm qu- not quite sure but I honestly don't care. They are magnificent and I am so glad that I slept with as many people as I did in to all- <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't found that nursery. <laughs> Most of mine accept just the traditional form of payment uh, I, I, rather I than have, the old no <laughs> This bit is really going to get cut.
0: Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be fun. Anyway, uh, no, they're, they're absolutely beautiful and I love them so dearly. I do th- I do think that every April... Uh, Amelanchia is everywhere in London. It seems to be the tree that people just put in their front gardens. Mm,
1: describe it, though, because pe- it's a funny name and people might not know that they know it, yeah. you see what I mean?
0: Um, well, it's a small tree or large bush, I think you can mm-hmm. call it. And you can make it into a tree or you can leave it as a bush. Mine are multi-stemmed, so I suppose you'd call them bushes, mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Multi-stemmed yeah. trees. It's a shrub. Um, and it comes out in April with the, depending on what variety you have, with these beautiful dainty little leaves followed very closely by the most stunning set of... It's almost like a load of a, a huge... What is this? It's not a herd of butterflies. What am I talking about? I don't know what a collective
1: noun is for butterflies. A, flock? A, no. A, a, a b- flock of butterflies. Cloud? Whatever it
0: is. A cloud of butterflies uh, just landed on every single stem, mm. just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, and it gladdens the heart. It's be- and it's be- Big
1: time. So it's wonderful in spring, going into spring. It's a bit late this year because spring is... Weird indeed. this year, yeah. Um, but it's also wonderful at the other end of the year as well in autumn, yeah. isn't it? Because it
0: goes, it gives good color, mm. it gives good color, Fantastic um, color. amazing, amazing autumn color. So, yes, it's a very, very hard working well. tree and berries, indeed, mm. yeah,
1: which the birds love. In fact, I warned you, didn't I, when you got them, cause, um, when when your amelanchier trees are young, a fat pigeon sitting on some of the branches is perfectly capable of snapping the branches to get at the berries i've seen this happen yeah several, several and the, times. Um, it,
0: the pigeons are on there the pigeons are on there but mm. they don't seem to be snapping anything yet yes, which is good well you're, um, your
1: your um, trees are actually fairly mature aren't they which is why yeah. i presumably took such hard work for you to, <laughs> to i
0: know it's right. it quite hard work to acquire yeah
1: So, before we go, um, I just wanted to ask you about uh, your visit to West Dean Gardens in Surrey over Easter.
0: <gasps> oh, so amazing. Have you been? At no, any? I've
1: never been. It's on my list because we've got some fantastic uh, old Victorian glass houses there, haven't they?
0: It's extraordinary. Um, and I really would recommend going when, well, early in the season or even in the winter when the garden is. Has yet to put on its underwear, so to speak, um, because it's you can really see the underpinnings and you can really see how well the structure yeah. and how things work. Um, and I was really, really excited when, when because they have a lot of box there. Do not ask me oh, how really? they deal with caterpillars. I couldn't find a gardener to tell me. I okay. mean, presumably they spray. I just don't know. Yeah, we'll get to the bottom of that. But um, they have so much box, and obviously, as we all know box topiary is so beautiful and so Mm -hmm. expensive Mm. um and so i'm always on the lookout for ways to 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 reduce that kind of expense because it really is a wonderful wonderful thing to have in your garden and it provides kind of instant impact all the rest of it Mm -hmm. so if you do want to go down the box route um uh, and particularly um i I noticed in their pots big pots and they had these wonderful pots yeah, uh, full of sort of very sort of squat hummock mounds. Um, I that, know the that theme. Looked they look really expensive. Mm. I mean, I cannot tell you how expensive they look. They just, my God, million dollars. Really tightly and, clipped,
1: sort of. Yeah,
0: tightly clipped. And shoes. then I, yeah, but I saw some that had just been well, pr- not well recently been planted up, and it's not one piece of box. It oh, is really? lots and lots of little little cuttings basically that they just put in and that that's a really good tip I had never I'd never realized actually that to create that spread Mm. and the kind of uh, the kind of the mound that lovely squat mound you just need lots and lots of plants and you can get that shape really fast if you use lots of cheap little I know what well, I'm sorry, the the word has gone from my mind. Cuttings. Small plants. Yes, cuttings. Yeah. So box that works was really interesting. well from
1: cuttings, doesn't it? Maybe? Yes, yeah.
0: And so they'd obviously got uh, they got that going quite well. Um and they also have these wonderful, um wonderful huge vast swathes of eggs which they 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 then allow to grow together and then oh. they just cut them. Uh I over saw the top, those. So sort of like clouds. Yes. Absolutely beautiful.
1: So they had when they plant them young, there's quite a lot of yeah. space in between really them. Lovely. But as they sort of fill out, they just sort of blend one into the other, but they still keep clipping them into That's sort right.
0: of... That's right. And I'll put a link in the in the in the show notes here. Um absolutely beautiful. And yes, the glass house is absolutely beautiful, including one glass house full of just different pots of different vegetable leaves. Oh wow. Um, which was stunning, all grown from seed, all in absolute perfect condition. Not a member of staff to be seen. I don't know whether they have umpa Loompas working there or, or invisible people. I've no idea, but I'm dying to um dying to get hold of the head gardener. Head gardeners, <laughs> plural. There's two head gardeners. Head gardeners, gardeners. Yeah, yes. And
1: the husband and wife, Jim and Sarah. <coughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, but so okay. So then the the last thing, well, one of the last things that I noticed on my way out was because they clip everything, everything is clipped, and oh. so everything looks beautiful. Was that they had clipped their Coca to the most beautiful, bountiful balls? So sarkokoka,
1: um, for people who don't know, is a Christmas box which which smells fantastic in about January.
0: In about January, and uh, also looks incredibly smart all the rest of the year. If you clip it it well, if you don't clip
1: it well, it looks straggly, doesn't it? So it
0: it get, I would say, shaggy. Oh right, shaggy. Okay. Okay, I mean. I hadn't. I haven't ever clipped mine before. I don't know why, because it is something I've been meaning to do. My yeah. mother does hers. I don't know why, but it's it sort of gets lost in all the jobs that you mm. do, and in, in, it slightly gets lost. But I, um, this year, I I got my shears out and gave them a haircut, and mm. of course, it was indicative of what happens with this type of thing in gardening that it always looks horrible when you've done <laughs> it. It's like scarifying a lawn. It's Absolutely. literally through the <laughs> Thing. Oh, it's the fresh new the,
1: growth that fills out, isn't it? Yes. You cut one thing off, and then hydro like two or three grow back in its place, and that, that fills out the gap that you've left.
0: Yeah, so I think that's a very good thing. If you've got kind of winter flowering um, shrubs, um, yeah, why not give them give them a haircut?
1: Yeah, now <laughs> they've finished doing their stuff. I could yeah. say the same for Forsythia, but you're not going to let me mention that, are you? you know. <laughs> once it's finished flowering in spring but let's not we're not going to mention the yellow shrub
0: <laughs> next podcast That's we right. will have the wonderful heather goddard key from Fibrex nurseries um so you have a few more days still to get in any questions any burning issues about Pelagonians. i know there are lots of them uh, yeah. send them in i well, either get in contact via our uh, Instagram or email Virgin Gardener Podcast at gmail.com.
1: She's Letitia.
0: Oh, and he's Andrew. <laughs> and we'll be back with more gardening tips and tricks very soon. You can find me at LetitiaMcLoof dot com. That's L A E T I T I A M A K L O U F dot
1: com. And I'm at gardensweedsandwords.com. dot com. have enjoyed listening to this episode of the Virgin Gardener podcast, then what would be really useful and really helpful is if you went to wherever you get your podcast from and put a five-star review on, which basically says that Andrew and Letitia are marvelous. Their choice of guests is sensational. And what we really want is more and more and more of this. We want so much of this podcast that we want to bathe in it as if it was slightly warmed ass's milk. Um, So there you go, the Virgin Gardener podcast. Something for everybody, uh, whether you be gardener or baby fancier. Uh,
0: let's do it. Okay,
1: uh Let's go then. Okay. Excellent stuff. Would really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it.